it doesn't mean that people that listen to you on podcasts won't gain anything out of it because right, yeah. we're Christ-centered and we're focused on the gospel. Um, but I, I think there should be some special interests in, in your congregation that you love and you care for. Hey guys, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Neglia, and this is episode 200. I'm excited that this podcast has reached the milestone of not just 100 episodes, but 200 episodes. So we've been going since uh, 2018. Uh, the Expositors Collective Ministry has existed longer than this podcast, but we started podcasting, yeah, 200 episodes ago. Uh, never missed a week, um, sometimes with bonus episodes, uh, most of the time without. But uh, anyway, thank you so much for, for listening. Whether this is your first episode ever or your 200th episode, really appreciate you uh, taking time to, uh, to, to learn along with us as we're trying to figure out how to teach and preach God's word with clarity and authority to this generation. So it's been 200 episodes. And you know what, guys? I want a break. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be taking the next couple of weeks off. Uh, myself and uh, James Reitmer, who edits these episodes, um, what we're going to be doing is we're just going to be playing some old classics in the month of December. And so I'm going to have kind of two different um, trains of thought with this. Uh, the episode you're going to hear today is a really old one, and it's one that was back before we had very many subscribers. And so it's an episode that I bet most of you haven't heard before. And also, uh, in the coming weeks, uh, I want to re-release some of our most popular episodes, the ones that have been downloaded more than any other episodes, ones that maybe you have heard before, but I'd love to, to re-share them so they can reach an even broader audience. And so, Here's this deep cut. Here's an obscure interview uh, with one of my greatest friends in the whole world, uh, my friend, Connor Barry. And so Connor Barry and I, uh, well, we've been friends since 2001. We've been friends for 20 years and uh, we've been through a lot together. And uh, he is, yeah, just a real enriching presence in my life. He has spoken God's truth to me. He has been a comforter in grief. He has been an encourager in the ministry. And so this is a conversation that I had with him years ago that I really want you to hear. Uh, he speaks about, you know, some of the worst sermons he ever preached. Uh, he has some funny stories about uh, crying in the parking lot as a young and inexperienced preacher. Um, but the real reason why I, I wanted to interview him in the first place is because all of his teaching, all of his preaching um, really comes out of like a, a very uh, deep and rich pastoral heart that also is informed through some of his training as a counselor. And so he speaks about the, the limitations and the strengths of the pulpit when it comes to um, addressing people's hearts and souls and fears. And uh, again, you're going to love this episode. I sure did. All right. So thanks for listening uh, to this long introduction. Uh, you know, 
forgive me for just like waxing eloquent about how much I love Connor Berry. I just, I just can't, once I start, I can't stop. Um, but also, uh, this has been a, a real privilege to be a part of. As I mentioned, the Expositors Collective is so much more than just a podcast. You know, we exist as like a, a training initiative, uh, you know, that really is based on these in-person uh, training weekends that we've been able to put on across the U.S. and into Europe. And, and that's the, the main focus of our ministry. Uh, but the podcast has been a really fun hobby or a really fun side project. And I know, and I thank you so much for all the people that have reached out over the years to give specific feedback or to acknowledge ways that the podcast has helped. Uh, thank you so much. So I just love having a hobby. I just love being able to talk to my friends and people that I wish were my friends um, over these past 200 episodes and to know that they're being heard and listened to uh, by, by people across the face of the earth and hopefully helping your preaching and teaching get a little bit better. What a treat, what an honor, what a privilege. All right, I'm going to get out of your way. And here is a classic episode with my friend, Connor Berry. Hey, welcome to the Expositors Collective. Um, right now, I'm sitting right across from my from my very, very, very good friend, Connor Berry. Uh, how are you, Connor? Good, Mike. How are you? No one ever asks me how I am. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a little hungry. Yeah. Um, but yeah. apart from that, I'm, I'm doing fine, thanks. Okay, cool. Good. Uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully we can get some food later or something like that. Yeah, well, Char said he's going to bring me a fish taco, oh, so okay. we'll okay. see how that goes. Awesome, awesome. Well, that's what they call opening banter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're talking about preaching. We're going to talk about preaching. Yeah. Um, kind of the starting question that I've I've been asking everybody mm-hmm. um, is. Um, what was your first sermon like? Um, yeah. How long ago was it? Yeah. Um, what do you remember from it? And uh, I guess my next question, just so you know, is, is how how have you grown since then? But sure. Um, take us to your first sermon. Yeah, I I I think at least in my mind, whether good or bad, I I think of preaching connecting to a pastoral calling, um, where I started preaching really before. I realized I had a pastoral calling. I, I grew up in a home where my dad is a pastor. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up in an environment where I visually saw my dad preparing messages, getting ready for sermons on Sundays. And so I at least had somewhat of a picture of like, this is what you should do to get ready for a sermon, but really having no idea, you know, the the true meat and flesh of preparing a sermon. Um, and so I don't remember what I preached on for my very first sermon. I just, oh, really? I just remember my youth group, my youth group pastor um, said, Hey, I'm going to be away. Um, and I'd like you to preach the, the, the Wednesday service. And I think I was 17. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I, I really was a wet behind the ears in every, in every, in every way possible as far as maturity is concerned. And, and so I, I, I really don't remember how much I prepared for it or the extent to, to what it came to. I just kind of remember the result of being kind of like crickets, you know, and hoping to bring some t- kind of edification. And that was it. Um, and so 
I think some of the benefit though behind that is a realization of starting so young. I had the opportunity to fail over and over mm. and over again as opportunity came and then develop a regiment in sermon prep and really realize, oh, this is why this is why we preach and the calling to preach um, should have a precedent in someone's life more than just, at least in my case, being the son of the pastor, you okay. should be the one who's able to preach in the youth groups. So, okay. Yeah, that's kind of how it started out. So when you say that there was there was crickets and yeah. finished, like what what do you mean by that? Yeah, just really no any kind of response. You know, we <laughs> we always look for maybe verbal or visual cues sometimes just to see people either react in some way, either negatively or positively. At least that shows that they're listening to some extent, you yeah. know? And just remembering like not getting anything. And almost kind of like I'm playing a role on a stage, whoop, rather than rather than uh Letting the letting letting scripture have its way. <laughs> so we could edit some of that. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the refrigerator turned on right behind you, yeah. and so I didn't want to. So I thought rather than let's not have an awkward interview here. Yeah. So I just walked away while you were talking no, and unplugged no, the refrigerator. <laughs> Um, so crickets, yeah, exactly like that. People just <laughs> standing up and walking away, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, I, I just really had no idea what I was doing, but because I was the pastor's son, that's what I should be doing. So that's kind of, kind of what happened to me until the Lord really called me to, to ministry, which was years and years later, um, really in Bible college. So, okay. Yeah. Um, was there any any other sermons? Like it's, uh, I'm not trying to make you feel bad or anything, but it's yeah. it's kind of unusual that you don't remember what you preached. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like I want to say First Thessalonians, but like I'm not even sure. Really? Okay. That. Yeah. Okay. Totally. What's the first one you remember? Oh man, uh, I think I remember uh, one of the first ones. I I remember teaching in front of an adult congregation. The very first one was. Um, I decided to do just kind of like a a a topical sermon on John the Baptist. Okay, and all I remember after that is really like crying in the parking lot <laughs> later on of just being like how horrible how horrible that was of just having to push through it. Um, I I I realized I I had not prepared in the way that I should have prepared. Uh, okay. Um, you know, looking back in hindsight, really, you know, Christ was not exalted. Um, yeah, and uh, John the Baptist, you know, he's the one that said, "Yes, I should decrease and Christ should increase." Absolutely, and mm. yeah, yeah, being being really this epitome of of the prophets, you know, coming before Jesus as that forerunner. Yeah. Man, what an easy segue into exalting Jesus. Yeah. And and really kind of, I guess, as a barometer of my own spiritual heart, you know, I am before this congregation and I can't properly preach uh, a, a sermon that exalts Jesus uh, with the guy who really exalts Jesus and in one of the best ways in in the scriptures. Wow. So, um, yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and while we're just telling stories about preaching with yeah. you, with you crying, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you told me and, and I'd love to, if you're comfortable, yeah. you said once that you were preaching a sermon that went so bad. Yeah. That you just walked away. That was the John the Baptist. That, that, that was it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I got into maybe 15 or 20 minutes <sighs> 
and it was a midweek service and and I just said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to I need to step down now. And and I just like I don't think I even closed in prayer or something. It was just it was just so humiliating. And and really, honestly, in hindsight, I can laugh about it now. And it was very good for me um, in that realization. But um, yeah, yeah, just saying, you know what? It's better that I close at this point than to keep keep this train wreck going. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it was a it was a learning experience. Absolutely. And um, okay, so, so you you mentioned some of the things that you learned from that in yeah. that that a under preparation. Absolutely. And then b. Um, lack of the Lord Jesus, yeah. In in your presentation, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I, I think that um, in at least now, I, I've seen how my sermon prep has developed over time and over the course of ministry, and and uh, you know realizing that man, uh, first and foremost, having a humility of being open to what the Holy Spirit has to say about about Jesus, about Christ in in the text, you know what Luke twenty four forty four talks about, where Jesus says, you know, it's the it's the um, the pro- the law, the prophets, the Psalms, you know, of testifying testifying of me, and 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 really realizing that that if if I don't look at the text and see where Jesus is, then then it's just going to relate back to to a moralistic teaching of some some good self help or some good application to add to my life rather than to really have Christ exalted in the midst of that. So, mm. um, yeah, like uh, starting that over a lot of trial and error, a lot of trial and error, and then just starting to read books and really okay. and have some personal education during Bible college and then and then afterwards also. Okay. So, yeah, I guess maybe taking that jump from your first sermons and those those early sermons right. um, to, to now yeah. in 2018. Yeah. Um, you, you teach weekly on Wednesday nights, is that right? Or, or generally you do? Is that yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and slowly transitioning into Sundays now um, as time has gone on. So, yeah. Okay. Right. So we're, I'm, I'm in the midst of beginning, not in the midst, I'm beginning to teach Ezra uh, in the next week or so. Okay. So, so when you when you teach now, what would be let's say the differences or what have you mm. learned from? You said trial and error. Mm. Like, what's different now than then? Yeah, I'm. Um, Do you still cry in the parking lot? Yeah, but pro- <laughs> cr- cry more so beforehand to prepare myself okay. beforehand instead of afterwards. It's, yeah, it's definitely better to cry before mm. <laughs> before you go into preaching than than afterwards um and humbling yourself and 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 really um aligning yourself with the perspective that the lord wants in the text um yeah you know as far as sermon prep goes um when i was young and doing it it was very much of like what does the scriptures really have to say about me how does this apply to me how does okay. this work for me in my life and and how can i even even in the sake of being relevant how can i make this right in my culture um, instead of now looking and seeing what does this say about Christ and how can this exalt Jesus? Um, and with that identity in mind, then, then how can I respond to that? And not only how can I respond that to that to Christ, but how can I respond in that way to the rest of the world and say, 
you know, this is who Jesus is, not only to me, but this is who Jesus is to everybody else, to humanity, and answering those harder questions that humanity asks as well. Um, I think what the Lord, I don't I mean to segue into another part of this, but I think really what the Lord has really been showing me, at least in pastoral ministry, um, I think I'm hitting 11 years of pastoral ministry this yeah. year, yeah. and 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 I guess that shows that I'm barely entering into some, you know, my, I don't know, my my role, but um, uh, just kind of realizing that if I'm not properly discipling people, if I'm not properly counseling people, if I'm not taking the time to really invest in my congregation, I will not know the questions that are being asked in order to answer those questions um, by pointing to Jesus in the text. Um, And, and so if I'm not discipling people, if Mm. I'm not counseling people, if I'm not loving the flock, I I serve, I really think I severely hinder myself in being able to preach Christ as the answer to difficult questions. Mm. Um, You know, we can read many, many books. We can read and listen to a lot of podcasts about how to answer those relevant questions within our society. But, you know, we, our church is a culture even within that society as well. And how to answer those questions within that specific culture is really important. Well, I I love hearing you say that, that, that really reminds me of a conversation that I had with Danny Ramos, which is uh, one of the episodes that will come out before you. Um, So if anyone wants to hear more on this, they can listen to the Danny Ramos uh, interview. But he was saying that, um, part of his sermon preparation that starts on Monday morning mm. is reflecting on the people that ask for prayer mm. um, on Sunday awesome. after he after he preached. And so he's got a big mm. emphasis and he just says he's just drawn towards needy people and, and mm. vice versa. And as he hears their needs and lays a hand and prays on them mm. um, for his Sunday night service, he almost kind of brings them into the sermon preparation process, which right. for him begins on Monday to see, you know, not, not that those felt needs mm-hmm. or actual needs determine what the text says, because right. the text says, I guess, a, a locked, um, firm thing, right. but he said, how can this truth from next week's passage, you know, how can that, you know, af- affect, um, yeah. Barney or Wilma or yeah. you know, whatever. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Having, having kind of a finger on the pulse of people's need, it's just, yeah. So, so important. Um, yeah, and, and especially praying for them. Yeah, you just end up having this, I think, an intimacy that that really helps and, and blesses your preaching to be able to to be able to um, uh, be really, uh, really contextual with your people. Yeah. And, and, and um, yeah, like like you said, you're, you're we're usually preaching um, you know, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and, and the scriptures say what the scriptures say, um, but, and you're exalting Jesus, but you're also bringing hope to so many of those questions about identity and, and uh, provision and need, you know, that really only Jesus can satisfy. So, um, yeah, I want to be. I want to be aware. I want to have a constant awareness of that for my people, hmm. especially kind of like when you're interacting with people and you're discipling, you're praying, you're 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 being in their midst. You 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 do get like a, you know, this is kind of a predominant need in at least in this right. season within right. our church 
And, and it might not be a communal discussion amongst them, but you as a pastor mm. through, through prayer with them and through prayerfully the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, you become aware, Hey, this is a predominant thing that's going on. Yeah. This is a predominant season that's happening. And I'm not outside of that. I should be in the middle of that and being able to love those people in the right way by answering those, those needs and those questions. And then just like John the Baptist pointing to <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah. Always. So, so yeah, we, we do those, those things that you were saying that we, we, you know, as we teach chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and we, we look to exalt Christ. We, we do those things. They're, let's say non-negotiable, um, yeah. like for us or for our tradition, or that's, I think it's good Bible practice no matter what. Yeah. But we're doing that. We're, we're teaching the Bible and exalting Christ to these people. Yes. Um, and so maybe that's like that other aspect or dimension mm. that, um, that we're not just shouting into the air, mm. um, that we're speaking to a group of people. Mm. And so as I guess part of the expositing or the, the teaching or the preaching role is like we're, we're teaching these people. Yeah. And hopefully that there'd be kind of a, a knowing of them. Right. And, um, you know, so I, I live in Ireland. Um, I'm not originally from there. Um, yeah. I, I do, especially lately, I, I, I get to do a good bit of kind of like um, traveling and preaching elsewhere. And I remember um, recently uh, somebody listened to a sermon that I preached um, outside of my, my home church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she said to me, she said, you, you sound a little, you sound different when you preach in America than when you preach um, here at, yeah. at Calvary Cork. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't know those people. Wow. Um, so yeah. it's going to be kind of like, you know, it's just like yeah. generic and it's, um, mm. it, yeah. It, so hopefully that my, my, my tone, mm. my application points or whatever, yeah. they would be more contextualized to mm. that, that church at that time. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, even kind of realizing like, I'm not preaching so that it goes out as a podcast for the world to hear. That, yep. That's so important. You know, I, I, I had to learn that process. Yeah. I'm not preaching this so that there's this af- worldwide affirmation of me as a good preacher, mm-hmm. but I'm preaching with a contextual view towards, towards my, towards my congregation because I love them, you know? Yeah. And that's a very, like, to me, I think in praying for those people and then trying to answer those questions, it's a, it's a real humbling too, as well, to realize that. I, as a preacher, even if I preach moralistically, it's, it's, it just becomes this awareness that I am not the answer to their needs. You know, my, my, you know, my, my tales of, of, you know, Hey, get a backbone or, you know, pull your up by your own bootstraps or trying to bring some kind of, you know, encouraging word to a person. It's not going to, it's not going to solve the the needs that these people have. Like only Christ really can mm-hmm. and, and making that the foremost identity. Um, so it, it doesn't mean that people that listen to you on podcasts won't gain anything out of it right, because yeah. we're Christ centered and we're focused on the gospel. Um, but I, I think there should be some special interests in, in, your congregation that you love and you care for. Yeah. And there's not a huge, I don't think there's as much of a disconnect as we maybe think in pastoral ministry between counseling, discipleship and preaching in that way. You know, there's, I think there really is that kind of flow. Yeah. Um, they all help each other in a lot of ways or they should, you know, hmm. well, that, that brings me exactly to what I want to talk to you about next. Yeah. Um, you are in in training um, as a counselor, is that right? Or can you yeah. maybe tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So, um, you know, in the past 
year or so, um, I've had to take breaks on and off, but I've been doing um, online semesters through CCEF, which is the you know Christian Counseling Education Foundation through David Pallison, mm-hmm. um, Ed Welch, uh, uh, some of these. Some heavy hitters. Yeah, some great counselors. And so online taking some classes and, and uh, doing all these papers for credit. And that's just, it's just been such a huge blessing, you know, really has because um, the reason I took it initially was I was just kind of assessing myself over, uh, I had just planted a church in England and I was moved back to the States and um, just kind of assessing how that went the last four years of church planting. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, of course, looking at, successes, but also looking at failures and really realizing a pastoral weakness for me was how to counsel in a lot of ways, you know, and and was an arrogance of, you know, I got preaching down, I have discipleship down, but when it comes to people with real needs and issues and, and, and hurts, you know, how do I directly counsel them? So that was something that I was like, I really need to educate myself and, and, and make that a precedent for, for a season. So okay. it's been, it's just been such a wonderful thing um, because I've been, I've been learning so much first, first off of how to self counsel, which has been a, a wrecker in my life, mm. you know, mm. in, in the best way possible um, of how to self counsel before you're able to counsel other people. Right. And, and going back to preaching again, it's just a great preparation to come to that pulpit uh, self-counseling right. and, and pointing yourself once again to the gospel, pointing yourself once again to grace, um, confessing your sin and having that kind of real personal evaluation before going up to preach is really great. Yeah. Well, uh, earlier you were kind of making it like almost a distinction between, let's say you're, you know, apt at preaching, yeah. but you're feeling a lack in, in counseling. It's, I, yeah. I commend you for, for looking to fix that. Right. Um, but, I just wanted to say that, like, you know, I, I don't listen to every one of your sermons, yeah. but I listen to some of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and w- since you've started this course, like, mm. it seems that your preaching has gotten better mm. and that there's this added dimension mm. where um, you just, um, in your in your teaching and preaching, you seem to kind of, like, kind of scratch a little bit deeper, mm. um, not in the, not in the sense of scratching itches, right. but you seem to like peel back like additional layers, yeah. you know, to say, you know, let's say the Bible says fear not. And so, you yeah. know, you, you can faithfully teach it as, so guys, God says, don't be afraid. Right. But, I've, I, but I've heard you, you know, um, for, to say things like, you know, and here's some of the things that we could be afraid of this mm. or this. Yeah. And this, yeah, and 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 here's the reasons why we're afraid. Mm. This mm. or this or this. So it, it seems like you're you're covering less verses <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But but there is this kind of like deep, let's say, analysis mm. um, of of the people. Yeah, um, yeah. Is that on purpose? <laughs> no. Yes, it is, and 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 it, it is on purpose in, in the way that I've just seen that. That's just really, at least for for me and my ministry just such a, such a, an essential part of, of speaking to people. And at least with taking a lot of these courses is, is a realization that when, when people come in and sit down in your couch, in your office or at a coffee shop and, and they need counseling, they're already revealing a problem. That is something that they know that they're out of control in. And, and, 
uh, they're coming to you. But so much of the time, it, it's so much more of a surface issue that points and reveals to deeper problems, which ultimately has to do with identity in Christ. And, mm-hmm. and, and uh, it really comes back once again to a worship issue, you know, um, and it, it's so easy to, to preach from a position where, um, where you can say, Hey, you know, you guys that are struggling with, with this type of sin, Hey, don't do that anymore. Right. Um, instead of looking at the scriptures and say, well, here's an example of why, you know, um, here's an example of why Esau lives the way that he lives, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but it's a revealer of a much deeper issue. It's, it's a revealer of who he truly worships, you know? And so, uh, analyzing in that, in that context, yeah. you know, which I, it just has to come back to that. I really think that that is so, so deeply important. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, well, I, I've definitely, I've just, I've noticed yeah. and it's, uh, it's it's really really great i guess cuz you were saying earlier how important it is to spend time with your congregation yeah and then i think this this added toolkit you have of yeah. this even professional counseling training yeah um that is it's the same it's the same principle if you want to know your your congregation yeah then i think this is helping you to know them on an even deeper deeper level mm, absolutely absolutely um it, it it's almost at least at least for my personal testimony of it, when I realized like I'm getting equipped to do this and made me feel the freedom to step in and say, Hey, I am available. Okay. Uh, because so often I think there's a fear of like, I can't tackle some of these issues because either a, I've never experienced it myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, or I'm not equipped to face that. And, and those people in your congregation, they're not going away. They're, they're, they're within your body mm-hmm. and you love them and mm-hmm. you want to serve them in the best way possible. Um, but you want to be equipped to, to, to deal with those issues. And so, um, yeah, that's been, that's been so impactful in my life and in my, my preaching regiment to ask those right questions, um, and, and ask what is really the deeper, the deeper, um, problem, you know, was the, the deeper issue. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, uh, ultimately, um, it's not as if I'm spending less time in the word, in my sermon preparation, I'm doing more in counseling, but again, I'm just seeing how much they, they both interact in such powerful ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and, uh, again, being that self evaluating mindset again of Lord, I'm humbly coming before you again with empty hands. And, um, what I've prepared is prayerfully, what you want. And if it isn't, then, you know, conform that to really speaking into these people's lives. Um, yeah, you really have to love your church, which just seems so, you know, <laughs> yeah, but you really do. Do you think it's possible for someone to, to teach and preach and not love their church? Absolutely. I, I think there's the potential of people that maybe love preaching more than they love their church. Mm. You know, and they love they love the the, the the church is kind of a means of an ends for yeah. them to exercise their gifts or do what they like. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. They are they are so much more so an audience to to sit under uh, some sage wisdom yeah. that you have to give. Right. You know, and you love being a preacher and you love preaching. And I do. I love being a preacher mm-hmm. and I love preaching. But I, it can't be at the expense of my congregation. You yeah. know, it really it, it just cannot. Um, because if I'm called to serve as Jesus, as Jesus has taught us, 
um, then then I need to serve not only in preaching, but serving faithfully in counseling and, and in discipleship. Yeah, them going hand in hand. So kind of now moving into kind of the final section of our conversation, yeah. um, which is a bit more nuts and bolts, um, yeah. which of course the, the previous stuff is incredibly immensely practical. But now how, how do you go about, you know, preparing for um, one of these sermons? Yeah. <laughs> sermons to people that you know and love, but, yeah. but also we got to preach the truth. So, so do you want to maybe say, is, is Ezra a good example as you're preparing for a series? Do you want to? Yeah, like I'm still that, I'm yeah. still in the background of that okay, at yeah. this point. Um and we haven't heard anyone talk about that yet. Oh, okay. We've actually kind of been talking about, you know, the week to week what's next. So yeah. do you wanna maybe explain like why you picked Ezra or was it assigned? I or? it was assigned to me. Okay. Um well, that answers that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was assigned to me to preach. Um and so I'm happy to do it. And uh, I'm I'm really excited. As you know, I, just as being a preacher and you love to preach, I I I also just as much love to prepare, yeah. you know, for yeah. the sermon. Um, I just love that that opportunity, and it's so exciting to me to just dwell into the scriptures and and just rest in there. Um, right now, I think at least in, in a personal devotional way, um, I'm, I, I Mondays I take off, and they've become my personal Sabbath, where um, I rest, but I also kind of uh, really in solitude and silence before the Lord, go off into the wilderness, go off into a beach, go off into the woods. Um, we live in the central coast of California where we have great available areas to do that and um, just sit under the silence of of nature and just be with the Lord and have him speak to me first. And that that goes along again with that self-counseling okay. at the beginning. Um, and then afterwards, and that's on a weekly basis. And so that's just a good kind of aligning myself to what the Lord wants in the week and getting prepared for that. Um, which includes, I think that's part of my sermon prep in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, mm. uh, and, uh, and making sure that, but that, you're not bringing an Ezra commentary with you. Uh, no, I'm bringing nothing with okay. me. Yeah. Except, except my, my Bible and a bottle of water or something like that. And just being in the midst midst of, uh, silence and waiting upon the Lord to speak, um, the Holy Spirit to speak. And, and so then, um, during the week, um, I, I open the scriptures and I, I don't look at any commentaries. I don't look at any resources other than the word. And I start picking it apart, um, verse by verse. I start reading it multiple, multiple times. Yeah. So are we, we're, you're talking about Ezra as an overview. Sure. Yeah. I'd like to, yeah. So okay. how, how are, how is this process with like, preparing for a new series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, like for, again, just reading it over and over for, 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 oh man, I don't know how many times until I feel like there's, I, there's a flow at okay. least to, to reading. Um, and then, you know, I have some very close friends that, that are my peers that, uh, love me that are pastors themselves. And I'll just start kind of asking them, Hey, have you guys taught this before? Hmm. Have you taught this topic before? Um, if you do like any kind of resources you guys think, and it tends to be when, when I do get that, there's always like, even if we use Amazon prime, you still have at least three days <laughs> of ordering some text before, before you get them. And so oh, you poor thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, used to for, be, first world problems. Yeah. You had to like send a monk into <laughs> yeah. the monastery to go find the scroll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, totally. Yeah. Um, 
and then, we don't have Amazon Prime in Ireland, so oh, you don't? We don't. Really? No, we don't. Nope. Oh my. Yep. So oh. we have to wait like a whole week. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And it, yeah, second so, world problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, like going over the text, um, and then uh, what? What I call it my preliminary preparation, and so I just start writing out thoughts and kind of brain dumping uh, out. Um, what I think the text is saying, asking kind of those three questions. What does the text say about Christ? What does the text say about me? What does the text say about the world? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, I mean, there's inductive Bible story, st- inductive Bible study connections to that, you know, and then, um, and, and basically writing out a rough outline and setting down some main points, um, uh, within, within the entire series text. You know what I mean? Okay. Not just, not just the, the text that would be ready for the week. Um, and, and also hoping, hoping to at least get some, uh, at least some sermon titles that okay. have the focus for that series. Um, we're going through Luke recently and, and, uh, and so when I was preparing for that, um, yeah, just really dividing up the chapters in, in a way that, that would present at least some categories um, and, and especially with a gospel narrative, see where Jesus is going and what he's doing and, sure. and the main topics of what he's teaching and proclaiming. Um, and then after that, that's when I start looking into resources, which would be, you know, over the course of, of a few days and, and not really looking for resources at this point of looking for like tidbits or, or nuggets of wisdom to pull out, okay. but almost looking at, 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 at uh, at these texts as being almost affirmations of what I've already written down or not, you know, uh, some of the writing down these categories, do these align with guys that are so much smarter than Mm -hmm. me and, and more educated than I am. Um, and am I at least on the right track? If I'm not, then I really need to start all over again. Um, but, uh, prayerfully getting affirmed in that and then start getting into what the, what, uh, some some scholars would say okay um and spending that that would be that would be a good amount of time before i even start crafting an outline or or uh, my notes for okay. my sermons and the sermon titles like what's, yeah. what's what's up with that sermon titles yeah why it's just it's just it's really at this at that point just a personal help for me okay. to see the flow of where i'm going and they're not any kind of like super eye catching or or okay. you know what i mean not any kind of uh uh, you know, big statements to make, but, but simply help for me uh, a, a lot of the time. Um, I, whenever I'm putting a series together, they don't rhyme, you know, the, those kind yeah. of, and there's, there's better preachers than me that are able to do that. Yeah, and God, God bless them. But yeah, yeah I don't, I don't know enough rhyming words. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just preached father's day, um, a couple of weeks ago. And, um, our media manager came up and it was Friday and she's like, Connor, do you have a sermon title? And I'm like, yeah, it's father's day. <laughs> you know, like I just can't, I, you know, like I had my text, I taught out of Proverbs four and, and, but it was just kind of, I mean, I had all my main points all together, but it's just like, I really can't, it's difficult at that point. But yeah. so, yeah. Um, but then after that, you know, you start, uh, I work with my senior pastor who's also my dad. And, and really he, he schedules the sermons for the entire year, um, for the series for the next year. Yeah. So, um, 
and we're in this kind of transition of, of partnering up on Sundays and he'll do a series and I'll do a series. And so, um, that's the one why he gave me Ezra, of course, um, in the next coming months. Um, but, uh, he already kind of has lays down at least a structure and a regiment and, and, um, so that's helpful, you know, at least, at least in this part of pastoral ministry for me. Yeah. So how many weeks will you be spending in Ezra? Just a month, just okay. about four weeks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be, uh, I'm really excited about that. It's going to be good. Um, we actually, which is kind of interesting, went through Nehemiah first, um, hmm. and now we're going into Ezra. Okay. So, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the way yeah. to do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, so, it is one way to do it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that's the way you did it. <laughs> so that seems like it, that's that's interesting. Yeah, we we've never had anybody talk through that. Um, like, do you want to give like just a quick version of your, um, let's say, the, a regular Sunday preparation? So, sure, not the series, but you know, yeah. Um, yeah, it's very similar, you know, again, yeah. again, that Monday, that, that self-preparation before God and preparing myself for the week and preparing myself for ministry within that week, which includes Sunday preaching mm-hmm. or if I'm preaching in the midweek. Um, and then Tuesday um, is my day, which is really full of meetings, but I tried to take the morning from, you know, about six to nine, a good three hours okay. to to start lay, laying down my preliminary prep, my preliminary preparation in a notebook. I'm very analog. Mm, so okay. I don't use, com- I really only use a computer to write down my final notes. Okay. Um, so uh, it's just the way that that just helps me. If I'm writing it down by hand, I'm speaking, I don't know if it's, if it's true, but you know, the more senses you use, the more okay. information you retain. And so that's just helpful for me to use my hands I speak out loud sometimes what I'm writing down um, and uh, getting that preliminary preparation of just writing out those thoughts. Um, And you write it in a a notebook, a test paper. Yes. What kind of notebooks do you use? Yes. I, I am a, I'm a diehard field notes, field notes fan. I, um, every year I look at, you know, how I've been using field notes and I think I've been using it now for almost seven years straight. So it's just been, I have stacks and stacks of these little, these little notebooks, um, that I love to give away to people too, and tell them to at least, you know, try them out, (laughs) you know, field notes evangelist in some sort of way. But yeah, that's what I use. And I go through one every, every three weeks or so with hashtag every three weeks. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Right. Writing down my, my (laughs) preliminary preparation. Um, and then once again, about Wednesday, um, that's when I st- will start getting into commentaries and texts and, and, um, yeah, I'm just really blessed to have some good, good, uh, friends that are pastors that preach regularly just to bounce things off of them, you know, mm-hmm. a, a good fellowship of, of believers that have some experience in preaching that we just get to kind of, I don't know, reciprocate yeah. back and forth. Um, and who's that? Oh, it's you and, yeah. <laughs> and like six other, six other guys. So, or five other guys. Um, and it's just a big blessing. So, um, and then start consulting commentaries, word studies. Um, I've, it's, I don't know, like maybe you can, maybe you can either affirm or deny this. Like I'm getting, I, I am really studying the Greek and the Hebrew at okay. the best that I can. Yeah. I am not, 
Uh, I'm not a language scholar by any means, and I study the Hebrew and the Greek as much as I can. But what I'm discovering is I'm going farther away from using the Hebrew and Greek in my sermon declaration mm. to the to mm. the church mm. and saying this means this in Greek, you know. Wow. And, and I don't know if that's just a personal thing for me. Um, as you know, I. I, I do feel like I'm a passionate preacher that uses my hands a lot. And, yeah. and, and so often if I have to discuss real linguist li- linguistics yeah. within the text, it kind of stops the momentum at okay. times instead of getting, here's a cool idea rather than the, the better grander idea yeah. of, of the scriptures. Yeah. We've and, never, I don't think we've talked about this in, in person, but yeah, I'm doing the same thing. Really? Um, yeah. I've just found that, um, there's got to be a really compelling reason yeah. um, to, to, to say, and, and, you know, this word, um, I don't know, oikos or whatever. Yeah. It means, it means household, you know, yeah. like, like if there's a, if it really serves the main point, yeah. then, then bring it up and explain it. So right. I just found most of the time it doesn't. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to malign anyone else's motives. Yeah. And I'm not saying this was always my motive, Yeah. but, but sometimes it's just like, I want these guys to know that I know this. Yeah. I just want to show that yeah. I've done my homework yes. and that I'm authoritative and knowledgeable. Yeah. And, you know, that's a, maybe they'll assume I'm a Hebrew scholar yeah. <laughs> or, you yeah. know, like, or a Greek scholar, but I'm really not. You yeah. Know? I'll, like, I'll say like a self deprecating statement like, I'm not a, a Greek scholar, yeah, but, yeah. Um, and no, the reality is, yeah. I, I'm not even close <laughs> to a Greek right. scholar. Yeah. None will be the wiser, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, clarify once again, I'm not saying that people who, right do that always have those motives yeah but like i've just found like yeah like most of the time it actually doesn't well to be vulnerable at least in my sermon preparation like i i fall in don't fall into a trap but i fall into somewhat of a rut with that all the time you know when i'm like looking at the greek in the hebrew and like oh like oikonomos that house management and it so adds to all and i get excited yeah And, and and then as time goes on i realize you know I'm just getting excited. It's not necessarily going to excite the congregation. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's not really necessarily going to help the congregation at yep. this point. Yep. And so I almost kind of have to like pull the reins back and it might be cool to talk with pastors about that mm-hmm. or, or guys that know you're not a scholar, you know, <laughs> but like, Hey, I just read this and this yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Um, but rather than just realize, okay, th- is there a bigger idea than this? Is there a more, uh, pertinent uh, uh, statement to make um, and pointing to Jesus. Yes, so, yes. Um, yeah, so that's something that that's been really big for me. Um, so yeah, looking, looking at the original languages, going through commentaries and then around Thursday, uh, I have a half a day on Thursday. So I come in in the afternoons and that's my time to start laying out my, my, my notes. I'm semi verbatim in my notes. Okay. So it's kind of like I will start in paragraphs and what ends up happening is when I'm actually preaching, I'll, I'll, I'll read out the first sentence and I kind of like, oh, I know where I'm going with this. And okay, then yeah. I can start uh, preaching on in that way. And I go through maybe two or three drafts and then slowly, slowly make it more and more concise. And then just really being consistent in prayer afterwards. Mm. And again, that kind of humbling myself, crying in the parking lot, mm-hmm. which is a good thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and asking the Lord, like, again, Lord, I have empty hands in this and I've prepared in this week, but Lord, only you can really bring the benefit out of it. So, yeah. Yeah. So w- would you 
print your notes on Thursday? Would you would you have a, a Sometimes pre- I, I yeah. print them out and I'll start crossing things out, yeah. reprint on Thursday. On Thursday, wow, okay, yeah. Uh, normally our media our media people oh, yeah. they want our notes early because they do our slides, and, yeah, and they they so they want to get aesthetics down with slides too, and so um, it's good to at least get here's my broad brushstroke at least of where all my verses are going by Thursday, if not Friday morning, okay, and and be ready, you know. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't know if this is good, good or not. Um, once I'm done, I really don't look at my notes until, until it's time to preach afterwards. Really? Yeah. Um, if there's a need for a little alliteration, you know, I'll, I'll put it down after prayer, but, um, it's kind of like almost, it is what it is at this point. And I just need to leave it to the Lord. And, and, and I, I I find some good freedom in that, Hmm. you know? And trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to work because I've prayed about it and I've left it before the Lord. I've evaluated myself, confessed my sin, yes, um, and uh, and kind of getting ready to stand in that pulpit one more time, you know, and hopefully giving the glory to the Lord. So. Yeah, well, that's a practice that our our friend Keith from uh, Heidelberg uh, he's been doing. That he he writes his manuscript on Tuesday. Mm. and then doesn't touch it really yeah i don't know if we've talked about that oh yeah yeah really he, he'll be a future guest on this yeah. uh, podcast yeah but yeah he he finishes on tuesday and then just like leaves it i think wow. he thinks about it but yeah he's not gonna like look at it again until saturday night or even early early sunday morning mm. um and uh i don't know if i could do that but, yeah but he can he's just saying that it's really really um at, at this stage of his life or whatever yeah. it's just really benefiting him that um, wow. he just finds himself freer throughout the week. He's not carrying this burden of like, you know, oh, it's coming, it's coming. But it's like, yeah, I did it first, you know, the first half of the week. I finished it. Yeah. I trust that it's okay. Man, yeah. And, and he's a good preacher too. Yes, so. he is. a Yeah, he's yeah. A, he is an awesome preacher. Keith Fortenberry. Keith future, Fortenberry. Future, <laughs> future guest on the Expositors Collective podcast. Yeah. I don't think I could go that long of time from Tuesday to Sunday. You know, Friday, at least for me, is is okay mm-hmm. over Saturday. Yeah. Um, be with my family on Saturday and not really, you know, yeah. touch it. And then, I, I don't think that I would, that I could trick myself into finishing it on Tuesday. Right. Because I know oh. I, I don't have to be finished now. Absolutely. You know, like, yeah. I, uh, you know, I could, I could come back to this tomorrow and then, yeah. um, so I just... Yeah. If I have till Friday, I'll go till Friday, yeah. you know, and, and, and that will be fine. But yeah, yeah. Um, I taught my first, I was a part, I was, I was asked to speak at my first kind of conference, you know, in, in a way. And so they gave me, you know, three months to prepare, you know, and it really <laughs> was the third month when I, uh, you know, just, I, I don't know, like, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, maybe it's a personality thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's procrastination cause it's not cramming the night before, but it is, it is taking it to that time. So, yeah, well, there's, yeah, this probably isn't the, the spot for it. So, um, but yeah. yeah, like I, I'm, I'm very much the same. Yeah. I oftentimes I, I, I do the work on Thursday. I yeah. try to leave it sit. I, I'll revisit it Friday and then I really do leave it alone Saturday. Mm. And that's kind of a new practice, kind of inspired by, by Keith. Cool. Um, I used to try to, um, sneak a look at it on Saturday night mm. after the kids are going to bed, but you know, now they're staying up so stinking late mm. and it's summer yeah um and so it stays out lighter so they don't go to sleep early yeah. and then i get frustrated because they're t- 
taking their time away from dad's precious Saturday night prep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I just realized like, you know what, let's just, it's just not even going to be an option. Yeah. And I'll wake up early and look at it on Sunday. Yeah. And, uh, I remember vividly my dad prepping on Saturday night. I, I, I of course, it wasn't his only preparation, uh-huh. but I, I just remember really vividly like being in the living room and we'd be watching cops yeah, <laughs> and yeah. he'd be like typing, you know, on his, on his laptop, which, uh, yeah, uh, or, or writing out on his legal pad, um, and just kind of revising his notes, which, which was, I don't know, you know, I thought that was at least a visual example of faithfulness yeah. to the scriptures. Um, was he working I, on his lap, laptop instead of watching cops or as he was watching? No, cops? I was just like, <laughs> I don't know why it was just a Saturday night tradition to yeah. watch cops. He would just be in the room. Okay. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has all these cops illustrations on oh, Sunday. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is kicking <laughs> in your door, <laughs> giving you a search warrant. The battering ram. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Connor, we've, we've talked, this is, this is longer than, than most, uh, oh, sorry. than most interviews. And, uh, <laughs> I think I just like talking to you. Oh, cool. Um, hopefully people like listening as much as we like talking to each other. Yeah. Any, absolutely. any like final, final encouragements for you know someone again, a, a younger or a newer preacher? Yeah. I, I guess like coming back again to, you know, before you, you really <laughs> hone or, or craft, a sermon regiment is to really start discipling people, you know, and, and loving on people and encouraging people and, and getting to know the heart of people because you just really won't know how to reach those specific needs in preaching, um, unless you know the people. And yeah. so I, I think, I think that's what Jesus would want, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, uh, it took me quite a while to kind of realize that. And so it's been such an essential part. So that's, yeah. I think that would be a, probably the biggest thing yeah well jesus says that the good shepherd knows his sheep by name yeah and and you know we're not the good shepherd but we want to be good shepherds absolutely so that involves yeah knowing amen yeah thank you so much um thank you it's been really enjoyable um thanks to whoever listened to this all the way to the end yeah you're the real mvp yes (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for listening all the way to the end and uh you know, I mentioned at the beginning that the Expositors Collective is so much more than a podcast, that our main focus, our in-person real-life ministry, is these training events that we've been able to host um, across, across the world. And our next one is coming up February 17th and 18th in Costa Mesa, California. And I hope that you can go. I hope that you can sponsor a young or new preacher who would benefit from a two-day interactive preaching and teaching seminar. So I really hope that you would consider joining us February in Costa Mesa, California. Okay, I hope that this episode, I hope that all 200 episodes of the Expositors Collective Podcast help you to grow in your personal study and public proclamation of God's Word. God bless.